Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Hey everyone, what you doing? I hope if you haven't already, you are uh, on iTunes or the Facebook page and you are leaving a review for Tesh Talks Podcast. This podcast is free, ladies and gentlemen, so please do leave a review. It's all I ask for in return and obviously to share it with your friends. So on today's show, we have Volta Pontes, who is talking about how he made 180 grand in his first year of deal sourcing, which is what a lot of people want to do, I think, um, but, you know, can struggle with it, uh, how he works 100-hour weeks, uh, how he was reading 200 books a year, but then also, after raising that money from deal sourcing, he's gone on to buy just over almost £2 million plus worth of property in the north, so you know it's quite a few there, uh, in a very short space of time after deal sourcing. Volta is very intelligent. He doesn't just do stuff. He... You know, he does stuff with, you know, when you just know someone is smart and you're like, ah, why don't we do that? Well, that's a really smart way of doing it. So we go through his ways of sourcing, how he uses a CRM to follow up on things so that, you know, things don't get lost, which they inevitably will, um, and how he negotiates and how he sources all over the UK, but he's based in Leeds and he doesn't travel necessarily. So this is quite an interesting one. If you're a deal sourcer, then this is really, really going to be a good one for you. Check out my YouTube channel, Tej Talks Property, and also my website, tejinvest.com. Oh, I'm also the host of PPN Knightsbridge, which is the second Tuesday of every month. So I don't know when you're going to be hearing this, but drop me a DM on Instagram or Facebook, and I'll give you an invite. Come to the event. Volta, welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Thank you for having me, my friend. Thank you for having me. So, you know... We um we saw each other at the Property Investor Awards. You didn't recognize me, user. Who's this random geezer? Um, but I recognized you from somewhere. I don't know if it was YPN Magazine or if it was a podcast. I just seen your name around and the achievements that you know you've achieved and were associated with you. I was like, damn, uh, I need to speak to this guy. And I believe you're quite young as well. So I was like, okay, this is serious. Um, so before we get into like your achievements, what you've done and kind of what you're doing right now, uh, what was Volta doing pre-property? So pre-property, so I was, um, so I'm uh, basically, I should have gone back to uni. I'm in my second gap year now. Uh, so in my first year, I was in uni to start acting. Um, so basically I did modeling before and I got into uni to start acting. I thought acting, this is it, you know, I'm going to do acting. But then um, I got into university, I started studying and uh, yeah, it wasn't for me because I was I was thinking after that uh, I need to find a job and I was seeing the jobs that you could find as an actor. It's just a tough, a tough life uh, for actors. So I decided to, I read a book um, and then I start to basically you know, start paying to courses. I stu- I used my student loan to go to my first, um, you know, property program. And uh, when I, I spent three days there and I was like, okay, okay, I didn't understand anything. I just <laughs> was just jargons. I was rent to rent and purchase. So I was like, what is that? Um, from there, I, so from there, I, I noticed I didn't know enough. I put my first gap year and I started reading books, my friend. I just read a lot of books. And, uh, but uh, in these three days when I was in the, um, in, the, in the program, in the course, I realized that if I become very good at finding properties, uh, I can add value. So it's something that everyone was talking about. How can you find good deals? How can you find motivated sellers? So I just focus on that. Um, yeah, and now it's history. Okay. So like what did your like family or friends think about you sort of kind of almost leaving university? 
Uh, in the beginning, I I never told my mother that I will leave university. I mean, my second gap year. They they I don't think they think I will go back now. But because uh, I'm you know I can't say I'm doing badly. So but uh, and it was in a very short amount of time. So um, I put a gap year. I've learned how to source deals. So I start sourcing deals. In my first year, I did six figures, uh, hundred and eighty thousand. Uh, worth of 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 just sourcing, uh, and then I took the money, and then I start next year. That that's where we met in the property investor award. I was nominated for the property investor of the year because I took that money and I start buying. Then so in last year I bought two point five million worth of properties. So I don't, um, yeah, I don't think my mother is like kind of. You can go back to you need to be honest. So she, <laughs> she's like, it's okay, it's okay. Carry yeah. on doing what you're doing. I think she's more like that. Okay, so this is, I mean, like before university, were you like selling sweets on the playground? Were you entrepreneurial? Like, how on earth did you just go from uni, where most people go to drink, party, have fun, to then just doing all this in such a sort? Like, what was inside you? Where did that come from? Um, I, so before I, I had a, a young sister that I had to look after, after her. And, um, so I came to England to learn English. So four years ago, I couldn't speak uh, English at all. So I wow. came here, learned the English. I, I'm still learning English, but, um, learned the language, got into uni and, um, no, I didn't have any entrepreneur and I, I, I it wasn't that. So I was doing modeling to get some money because I wanted to help my sister, uh, I was just, to be honest, I just wanted to make money. And uh, but then, uh, property. I've seen property as a vehicle to basically. If I go back to America, if I go and and do acting, I don't need to work nine to five. I don't have anything against the nine to five, but I want to be free. I wanted to choose my roles in acting rather than just do any role just to pay the bill so and, and yeah I, I don't i don't have any i wasn't selling i see these stories people selling uh stuff uh, in, in, on the street I, I i wasn't selling anything i was just uh i knew when i read the book i i knew it was property because i wanted to be involved in property but my goal was first i would get into acting make some money and then invest in property but uh then I read Arnold Schwarzenegger book where he he started acting, but what he did, he had already some properties. It was already a million name property. So, and then I was like, okay, do you know what? I wanted to do that. So I want to be involved in property first and then go to acting. So that's what I did. Okay. I like that. You know, it's kind of similar to me. It's like building the freedom so that you can have however many businesses in the future, whatever you want and not have to worry about, ooh, where's my income coming from, you know? And someday you can wake up and just be like, you know what, I ain't going to do nothing. I'm just going <laughs> to chill. Um, and that's a good life to be working for. Now, when you started, so you went into deal sourcing, which is a very common strategy. What you did there, right? You know, 180 grand in your first year of deal sourcing to then buy a, a, a portfolio of 2.5 million. That is what? every property course promises that is what every property entrepreneur dreams of yet i don't know 10 percent maybe achieve the sort of level that you did of sourcing so before i ask you how you did that people in you know back in your position back then are probably going to face a decision which is do i deal source build up funds and buy properties or do i just buy properties and get investor money what made you go for sourcing as opposed to just let me get investors' money? Yeah, so a couple of things. So I had no background in property, so I don't think I, w I would at that time. I would no one with a right mind would give me any money. <laughs> uh, so I don't because I was new and I didn't know what I was doing. So sourcing, I decided sourcing because everyone was talking about rent to rent. Um, everyone was talking about other strategies. The thing is, you had to have some money to put in. I had no money. I started with no money whatsoever. So I, I thought, if I do deal sourcing, maybe I, I could source some deals and then use that deals to do some rent rent. That was the idea. And um, and I started doing deal sourcing. I started to um, basically talking to sellers, start to understand. And what I realized is, 
the deals, most of deals come from follow-up. And why did I create a, a CRM, uh, which stands for Customers Relationship Management, that follow up automatically the deals. So why I did, I basically I was just making offers. They would say no, I put in the CRM. The CRM does the six months follow up. And then I reached a point where I was doing around seven deals a month. Uh, then I employed someone else. So we, I was doing seven, uh, Maria was doing three, and then Maria got better. So that is the way um, I scale. And uh, basically, then I started doing some rent rents. These rent rents turn into purchase lease options. Then I start buying. So that was the 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 way I did because I, I don't know if I could raise money back then. So maybe, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But uh, sourcing, I didn't have to, to raise any money. Yeah. And so, so where about where do you live then? So I used to live in London, and when I um, I start, I am the I won Simon Zucci, which is um, um, a bigger train, a big trainer in, in England, uh, in last year. So I did before I start Simon Zucci, I moved to Leeds because I'm buying in North. So I buy four properties in North, one in London. Uh, so I have, uh, so I'm b- basically between London and Leeds. I'm traveling all the time, yeah. Okay, so, and you were deal sourcing in Leeds? I was dealing sourcing the entire England. Okay, so, all right, there's a lot of questions now. So, um, <laughs> the first question is, let's let's go back to that moment when you were like, I'm going to be a deal sourcer. So you mentioned the CRM before, which is very clever. Um, we'll get to that in a second. But when you first started out as a deal sourcer, what did you like talk me through the steps that you took at the start which now that you look back in hindsight have actually set you up you know for it to be so successful what 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 like foundations did you lay yeah so deal sourcing i think most people think they do one strategy in deal sourcing what i've done i thought about i wanted to know all the strategies that i can generate leads so i'm talking about free methods paid methods I'm talking about online methods, okay? So no one does online. So I wanted to know all these big companies, they do online, they do Google, they do Facebook ads, they retarget people, but I wanted to know everything I could uh, basically generate leads. Then um, I had, basically I thought, okay, so you will, when you start doing deal sourcing, you will start to realize that there are some leads that are very hot and some deals, they are not, they are not, the seller is not motivated yet. It may be the property with the state agent. He thinks they can get uh, the money the state agents p- promise. So that means that the leads has to mature. And other thing I, I think people also think, they think they need to do deal source in their area. Um, you need to, first of all, know the areas you're doing deal sourcing, but you don't need to do uh, in specific areas. Because, for example, when I package a deal, is the investor who, who wants the deal that goes and do the, the viewing. So basically, I sign, for example, a non-disclosure agreement, and then the investor goes and do the viewing. And if he likes the property, he pays me a fee, a upfront fee. And then when he completes the property, he pays me the rest of the money. So uh, people think they need to source in the area. And if they do that, they there's deals everywhere. There's deals in London. They, they, for example, I'm here. I source a deal in London today, uh, but I'm not in London. So, so yeah. What, what, okay, so my, my question is, if, if I was an investor, why the hell am I going to pay you a fee to send me a link on Rightmove? No, no, not that. No, a link in Rightmove is one thing. Packaging is a completely different thing. So I talk to the seller. The seller sends some pictures. I have the property and the contract. You have a head of term signed, okay? So, and then what I'm sending to you, I'm sending you, I'm proving that the property is below market value, if it's below market value. So I, I send you a report, uh, a valuation report, okay? So a um, um, home track valuation, which you pay 20 pounds to have that valuation. I send you pictures, I send you everything that you can that is a packaging deal. The deal is under contract. I send you as an investor a non-disclosure because I don't want you agreement. I don't want you to go in and talk to the seller. And basically, I'm not sending you a link. The property is not even on the market. Every property I package, if I want the seller to take the property off the market if the property is on the market. So 
the profit is not on the market, so there's no link I can send to you. I'm sending you a, a package deal that you just need to go and do the view and write and, 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 and run your numbers to see if it's a deal, to confirm what I'm showing you. I send you comparables. I send you everything. I like that. And I think what a lot of deal sources do is they don't do that. They just, you know, go and right move. See, oh, yeah. House is on for 100 grand. We've secured it at 95. Our fee's three grand. <laughs> so here's a two grand disc. Like, you know, I think there's, because I see deals every day and I, you know, I get people to send me deals and I'm just like, I just found this on right move. Why are you showing me this? Um, I think your the word you said is packaging. So it's important that people do package it because that's what you're getting paid for. You're paid to do the yeah. work that, you know, investors sort of don't want to or can't be bothered to do. So how are you finding deals all over the UK that are then taken off market? You haven't met the vendor. You haven't done the traditional sat down with them, had tea with them, blah, blah, blah. Like, how are you doing this? So, for example, there's many ways. So let's say, um, let's say Gumtree. You contact someone in Gumtree and, uh, you know, you understand what they want to do. And let's say you agree the purchase list option. Let's say, just in for, for the sake of example. Um, now, you, uh, you know, so you send ahead of terms to be signed. You can send for signable, or, which is electronically, or you can send by post. Uh, if a seller is not very techy or doesn't have a mobile, some sellers, they have an old mobile. They, so I would send them by post. But most of the time, I send them by signable. They sign ahead, ahead of terms. Basically, what I do, I ask them to send some pictures as well. So with a picture, full plan, I put all of that. I stack up the deal. It has to be a deal. And basically, this is what investors want. They want to see if a deal is a deal in a very short amount of time. They get the, they just, they run, okay, this is ROI. And basically, your job is to confirm that is a good deal. You need to prove them. You need to send them comparables. You need to send them spreadsheets. How do you calculate all of that? Because they basically, they want to, Basically, you send something, what they want to see is like, uh, it, it is like, Volt is lying, I want to confirm that it's true. And if it's true, they pay you. They, because they, now they go and they do the viewing. And why do, you have two options. Or you do the viewing, uh, or they go and do the viewing, or you can have a company to do the viewing for you. Or normally, the sellers just open the door and, and do the viewing with the, with the, with the, with the investor. But you have, he had to sign a non-disclosure agreement with you. But, like, what I don't get is, how on earth is a vendor signing heads of terms or a purchase lease shop from you when you've had, you know, a chat on Gumtree or one phone call or a couple? Like, without that face-to-face relationship, how are they trusting you to buy their house right as a randomer on the internet like how How, where's the trust from okay so it's not one phone call uh that's why we were on the phone all day so is for example let's say you talk to them first and then you gather information you talk to them again you gather more information you talk to them again and then you run the numbers and then you make an offer for example and he said let's say they say no if they say no, we put in the CRM, the CRM start to follow up, start to follow up with them, and they start getting more motivated. And then would we follow up, we basically, we, the system will send them a message, a text message, an email, we'll send them a, a letter, you keep on follow up. And that is where the relationship comes, okay? So because, but if he, in case they are very motivated, if someone wants for example, they ain't getting a divorce or whatever. They just want to sell the property. So they want a solution for the, the problem. So they want just to sell the property. They don't really need to see you because I need to be honest with you, uh, uh, Tej. So when you see a property in the right move and the staging comes in and, and show the property, you don't even see the seller. You don't even see the, the, the ones who, you know, you don't see the owner. So that mentality that we need to see the owner and have a coffee with the owner, which is cool, is good. Um, but in the end of the day, they just want to sell the property. Mm, interesting. Maybe we're overthinking it in that respect. Um, so when it comes to... So you've got these vendors. Um, 
and they agree terms sort of digitally after a few weeks, months, whatever it is, however long it takes. Um, what if an investor views it and says, Walter, you know, you you missed out the big cracks because the um, vendor didn't show me this. The house has got subsidence, blah, blah, blah. I can't buy it. How do you handle that challenge? Which is probably, you know, it could happen when you're doing stuff only digitally, right? When you haven't seen it with your own eyes. Yeah, definitely. So because, you know, basically you, you know, they send you some pictures and uh, and then you see the property you send to the investors. But uh, yeah, it can happen. It can have, you know, even if you have a structure survey, it can happen. So in this case, what you have to do. So uh, an invest, I work. So at the moment, I just work with three, four investors. They buy most of my deals. Uh, but before what I used to do, I used to meet the investors. A lot of people teach find the deal and I try to sell the deal. I do differently. I find investors first and then I sell the deal. So I, let's say you want some deals. I meet with you. We have a coffee and you tell me, look, I'm looking for two bedroom house in Nottingham, whatever it is. And I tell how much ROI you, you're after, the cash flow, all of that. Then because you told me what you're looking for, you're more likely to buy when I show you. So, and when you go and do the view and you see cracks, whatever it is, and you come to me, look, I don't want the property. It's okay. So you don't want, don't want that property. So that's why I have other investors. I would send that property to these other investors. In case if no investor wants, I will tell the owner, look, um, um, I, I try and, you know, it just didn't work out. You just need to be honest. Within Yeah. It's all about transparency. So, for example, when I talk to the sellers, I tell the sellers, if I don't buy the property, I work closely with some investors, okay, and they can buy the property from you. Hmm. And, like, how are you finding deals all over the UK? Like, what what methods are you using to, to find these deals? So, I have around 15 uh, methods, uh, one five. So, I'm talking about online uh, I do Facebook ads, I do Google AdWords, which I retarget people that engage on my page. Um, I do, I do, I send letters, uh, you know, 2,000 letters a week. I, I do, I, I have a lot of ways to, to find deals. So, yeah, a lot of uh, ways to find deals. I, I have ways that people, they never heard of because I'm now doing some public speaking. Sometimes I show some of ways. And uh, yeah, they just they they get shocked because I start always thinking uh, ways to find deals. Mm. And when you first started out and you didn't have the money for like leaflets and paid adverts, was it then a case of estate agents, Gumtree, Facebook, you know, kind of free places? Yes, free places. So, for example, I did a lot of spare room. Um, people don't realize, but you can go to spare room and people basically advertise then they have their number there. So I was doing cold calling. I was cold calling people with scripts just, you know, and, and see, okay, they say no, why? And, and then I would tweak the script. Um, I did a lot of gum tree. I, I just did organic, which you don't need to, to, to pay. Uh, you don't need to spend money. Hmm. And then, so you set the sourcing business up. You built, discovered, strengthened these 15 ways of sourcing. Um, how did you find the investors? Yeah, that is a great question. So investors, in the beginning, to be honest, uh, Tej, I, I, I'm a quite introvert guy. So I, why did I run campaigns to get investors online? Uh, other ways you now uh, you can do, you can go to network meetings and say, look, uh, I find deals, let's say, in London, uh, if you're interested and to know more, come and talk to me. So that is the fastest way. And then if you are, because to do sourcing, to do packaging dealing, to be very, for you to be legal, like kind of in the legal side of things, you need to be registered to ombudsman, anti-money laundry, or that. If you are registered to anti-money laundry, what you can ask your investor is, uh, I need to do anti-money laundry, um, you know, basically that's for in, in our business, that's what we do. And uh, I need to make sure I'm talking to the person who says, you know, if you're a Tej, I need to make sure you're a Tej. So you need to send me your, a copy of your ID. And also you have to send to me, for example, proof of funds. 
So then that is the way you would uh, qualify your investors. So I would say you can do online or you can put on Facebook. You do that very well. Saying and documenting what you are, you are doing and say, look, if you're an investor looking for deals, you know, get in contact with me. Or what you can do, you can go to network events. But in the beginning, I, because I was a bit of introvert, I was just running ads and getting investors from ads, which was very cheap. Hmm. And another key question that people ask me, I don't source, but people ask me this is, what should I charge for sourcing a deal? I think the average for like a, a buy to let is probably like two to three grand. HMO is probably five plus, And then obviously land and that stuff can be a percentage. How did you know how much to charge? So it depends on the deal. So I don't do any land. I don't source land. I tend to source uh, buy to let. I tend to source PLOs, purchase options, and I tend to source uh, I don't source also rent to rent. Um, so I source more buy to let and HMOs and PLOs. So and when I say HMOs, it's properties that you can convert into HMO. So uh, not HMO per se, like you know already a HMO. I sometimes do, for example, assistant sale other strategies uh, where if you already found a HMO. So it depends. It depends on the deal. So, for example, if I source a purchase lease option in London, I could charge 10K because I would charge the amount of the, the cash flow you're going to do during this period. So let's say if you do a, a purchase lease option for five years, I would charge you. Uh, it depends on the deal. It will depend. So, for example, I source a deal in Liverpool uh, the properties are quite cheap, uh, were 35% below, and um, so the property the property was three thirty six thousand, and I agreed for 20k, and uh, I sourced uh, 1200, so a thousand two hundred. Um, this was like two percent, if you, if you if you something like that. Yeah, it depends on the deal. Mm, okay, and. You know, when you were starting out as a deal sourcer or even just generally as a deal sourcer, deal packager, what are the kind of challenges you face? Because I want people who are thinking about it to really get the whole picture of it. Yeah. So it's not an easy job. You should have a CRM, number one, because it helps you uh, to follow up the deals. You need to be very good negotiator. You need to um, listen to people, see what they really want, uh, what they really want. And uh, you need to be a good negotiator. You need to ask questions um, and, and, and then identify, okay, what solutions. So you need to give people solutions they want. Don't give them solutions that doesn't work for them. If it doesn't work for them, they won't accept. Uh, so it has to work for both ways. So they have to be happy. Uh, so I would say negotiation is a skill that uh, if you want to do um, sourcing uh, is a skill that you need to you need to read books in sales. You just need to focus on sales. I think is a is a good skill to have uh, if you want to do sourcing. Hmm. And like as a deal packaging deal sourcer, you know, for you is it like I know you said before it was kind of a a way to build up funds to then purchase your own stuff. Like right now you're still doing it. So are you like going to fully outsource the sourcing business or do you still want to work in it? Or um, I don't do uh, – so I I buy 90% of my deals now. So I reach a point where, uh, I, as you said, so now I could I can raise money. I, I have – also have a lot of machines. So I create algorithms, have things that uh, I used to do hard way. I do just with the press of a button and – and I find property. So I have, so at the moment I'm not really, so So I buy 90% of my deals, 10% of the deals that I don't want. What I'm doing now, I provide, so I sell to some investors that are kind of a close investors and uh, I do the refurbishment and I basically, I source the deal, they pay my fee. Uh, then I do, they use my project manager, we get another fee and then we also manage the property for them and then we get another fee. Uh, more rather than just sourcing uh, a packaging because I used to do that but I don't do that anymore to be honest um, 90 percent of the time I buy the properties or I package to these investors mm. and before you mentioned PLOs purchase lease options just for people who don't know what they are can you explain what that is 
Yeah, so that is where you basically rent the property for a period of time and then you buy in the future. So for example, let's say you let's say you're in London, you're renting at the moment, you can find landlords that want to sell. Um and basically what they so for example, one of the things that uh a tip here um that a lot of people ask me, um, how do I find PLOs? Any property that are for sale and for rent, there's a, like for example, you have you see a property that is, uh, has like sale sign and rent sign, that is a potential PLO. Basically, you're going to rent the property for a period of time and then you buy the property. Mm. And it's a good way to control an asset at the start without having to put down like a 25% deposit, which I think is the main reason why people do it, right? It kind of it allows you to get planning on something. It allows you to make profit without fully owning it, but you should have the intention to buy it. Um, yeah. A so- couple of things just wanted to add here. So because um, a lot of people think, because it sounds too good to be truth, but the thing is PLOs also because you have to pay at least to the landlord, sometimes you need to, you know, you need to have some money because, for example, let's say you, let's say, give an example, you have a property, even though you don't put a deposit, you need to pay the landlord every single month uh, a fee. So it's important to know that because most people, they don't, they don't realize they need to pay the landlord a fee and then they dry the cash flow. So it's important to understand that. Mm. And, you know, the too good to be true part is definitely what I think a lot of people think about it. Now, apart from that tip of, you know, it's for sale and for rent, are there any other tips on locating and then maybe negotiating um, lease options with vendors? Yeah. So, as I said, if you focus, if you see any prop, so, for example, if you see properties are for rent and for sale, so basically a landlord is saying, look, I want to rent for some from some time and then, uh, sell the property. So that is one. The other one, it can be um, landlords that uh, now with Session 24, they want to basically, instead, if they sell all the properties, they will have, cap- they have to pay capital gain tax. So they pay 18%, but if they sell more than one property, uh, they will pay 28% if they sell more. And uh, so some landlords, they want to sell properties. You can approach some landlords and say, look, I can buy one or two properties a year or whatever so that is the other way but uh properties that are for sale or for rent if you do that you can find some PLOs definitely hmm. and so you did the sourcing and then you went on to buying a lot of property now tell me again like how much property you bought in how long so um and I so in so I start sourcing I re, uh, I made the money and then and the ten months when I was in in Simon I, I did one point nine million and then I finished the year last year with two point five million worth of properties. Wow, and doing the maths that can't be purchased alone from the money you've raised from deal sourcing. So have you now opened up to investors? Yes, now I'm raising money as well. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. So when you yeah, because because now I have the credibility, so they can come over, they can see the projects and stuff inside. In the beginning, uh, you that's why I think you're doing a great job because I don't know how you did it because but in the beginning I didn't have that uh, confidence to go and and raise money. So uh, yeah, if I could have done the way you've done, yeah, it would be easier. But uh, yeah, fair enough. So let's talk about purchasing. So you, you've done the deal sourcing. You obviously have a strong grasp of finding deals, understanding, negotiating. You know, the, you've had the hard work in sourcing. You've you've learned that now. How so? Did you are you buying are all those properties in Leeds, like where you're based, or no? So I have like kind of uh, yeah. So I have leads in surrounding areas I buy and basically I buy that's why I went to Simon just to learn more the in terms of refurbishment side of things so I buy normally a four bed I do a six bed on suite if I go to seven bed I need to go through planning if in case I wanted to go through planning what I do in the convenience time is where I apply for planning um, 
and then oh i i've done a property in leeds which i control the property in uh, was in article 4 i control the property in purchase option went through planning they accepted and then i exercised my option so yeah so now is more kind of the refurbishment side i had to learn you know structure survey asbestos survey all the surveys and uh finding good builders and you know gun charts all that yeah so it's a different sourcing is easier compared to the the building side of things <laughs> to be honest <laughs> yeah it definitely is so um why did you decide on hmos instead of like buy to lets or i don't know flats or something else yeah cash flow my friend so um for cash flow so because HMOs, even though you have more tenants, and uh, I do a luxury, a very luxury HMO, so um, the cash flow is a bit better. So and uh, and then also have a management company, so we manage our own uh, property. So that's why I decided to do HMO. I just like HMOs because the cash flow. I, I like the cash flow. Yeah, fair enough. That they produce, yeah. Um, talk me through one of your deals. Like, take me through the figures of one of your deals so people can understand like how it works for you. Yeah. Okay. So, but uh, a couple of things I need to say, like, uh, um, because a lot of people think like you know all the deals I do is no money down deal. It's not true. I do leave money in the deal. And a uh, couple of things people need to understand in the current market. I'm not saying there's no money down deals. They are, but. In current market, commercial lenders, they want you to have a skin in the game. Since 2008, they want you to have a skin in the game. So I do leave money in the deal. So, um, so for example, a deal I'm buying now, 220, uh, to 220000 uh, The refurbishment cost will be around uh, 50K. And uh, then the GDV, so it will be six, six bedroom um and then i think the gdv will be around uh uh okay 300 and something um let me just do the calculation so i don't don't give you the wrong figures uh times six times 12 uh so it will be around 380 uh the valuation and uh and then i rent a room uh, my rooms are quite expensive because I do luxury. We put on suite, we put TV in, uh, we provide TV. So we, we provide even coffees and stuff, uh, <laughs> uh, coffee machines and stuff and stuff. Uh, and uh, in North is quite expensive, but uh, we do young professionals as well. Uh, so I buy a property, let's say 220, I spend 50 to 60K. Uh, then I remortgage. I normally buy in bridging because I want to add value. Uh, a lot of people, they buy in buy to let and then do the refurbishment. That is not really uh, what they should be doing. Uh, then I remortgage. Um, normally, the profit go to 380, uh, 390,000. Take some money, leave some money in, and then do it again. Mm. And how have you attracted investors? Obviously, you personally have more credibility, but how have you shown investors that and made them sort of want to work with you? Uh, now is a bit easier. So I've been nominated for, I won three awards last year. I, yeah, so I'm going to, um, I'm doing an interview next month for Forbes magazine. So I have the credibility because the magazines, YPN, all that. So that ha that that helps. Uh, so and then after they've done, they've seen you doing, and also what I've done, um, I posted on Facebook. So I documented. I didn't have any property. I said I would buy seven, and then I I start documenting, uh, and I documented the things that went well and the things didn't go well so well as well. So they saw that uh, it's something that you do. You do, you document it, you say how many viewers and you do. And, and that people like that because people say, okay, he's, he's, he's honest and uh, he's doing the things that he says he's going to do. And then, you know, then they start to approach you and, uh, and it becomes easier. Hmm. And from your experiences in buying houses, uh, what has been like what's been the biggest mistake that you've made 
So sourcing, fine, we've kind of been through that. But when you started buying houses, what was the biggest mistake you made? Yeah, so biggest mistake. So I bought a house uh, that I thought uh, I could have done the property and the permit development. So I wanted to convert the garage into a couple of rooms. And I thought I could have done that under permit development. And uh, when um, when the architect came to do the drawings, he just said to me, no, you have to have you have to go through planning. So I lost. Uh, we are talking about like uh, two months to go through planning. Uh, so far, that uh, to be honest, was kind of because the 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 builders was ready, and uh, then I said the builders, yeah, you have that property, you can start working, and uh, yeah, I lost the builders, and uh, I lost quite a, a lot of money because I have to wait, I had to wait for the planning. Yeah. Mm, so I guess the lesson there is engage your power team early. Uh, yeah. And check things. Paperwork is boring. Planning is boring, but you have to check these things right just in case something like that happens um so you've purchased a lot of property in not a lot of time so if people want to like you know follow your your coattails and do it the way you've done it what are some of the like lessons you can share like you know if if people want to grow as quickly as you have what what do they need to hear yeah no not um hmm. Everyone is different, and uh, the thing is, so I, I wanted to grow as fast as I can. Of course, for example, um, now this this year, my goal is to buy a property a month, and a uh, couple of things you have to have. You have to have systems in place. So, for example, I have the February, March, and April property already in the pipeline, um, and you also you have to have a power team. You have to have builders. You have to have a good architect. And your architect should work uh, closer with the council, so they will know, you know, when you put the, the, the planning application, they will know already if that can be accepted or not. It's not 100%, no one can give you 100%, but if they have connections in the council, it's just easier. Um, so you should have a good builder. Um, you should do a couple of things you should do. You should do surveys, okay? Other, uh, let me mention another error I made. I did uh, a special survey, and he, the the report uh, came um, came that there's no asbestos in the in the property. But uh, when people do asbestos, you should be there just to make sure they've done properly. Now, uh, the the property the one of the cabins that they opened, they had asbestos, so then that delayed. The, the 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 builders because you know i don't know if you know but some degrees of asbestos you have to basically take everyone out and uh and then you have even to um notify the health uh, health and safety um so you need to have a good power team you have to have a good lawyers have very good lawyers you have to have a good broker uh very important a good project manager if you don't want to do the project yourself and uh, yeah, and then you need to know how to find properties, how to finance properties. So these are the things if you want to grow fast, that's what I would say. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and what is your, so obviously you're, you're trying to buy one property a month in 2020, but what are your goals for the next year? Like personal goals, fitness goals, my, whatever, what are your goals? Okay. So my goals in terms of um so I work very hard, and let's just say that to everyone. Just say I work extremely hard. I work around uh, eighty to hundred hours every week. Uh, I have a chef uh, that cooks. I have someone to clean for me. So I just I just focus on working. So my um, and uh, I train five times a week, um, and. Um, yeah, so my goal this year is to buy 12 properties in terms of property side. My goal in health is to be fit, as fit as I can. Uh, so that's why I go to the gym. Uh, I do sleep a lot. I, uh, yeah, I like to, uh, because I see people, they, um, they sacrifice sleep. But if I sacrifice sleep, I lose cognitive. And I'm a terrible person to be around. I get upset quickly. So... <laughs> So I, so then now I, I do sleep. Um, yeah, so I'm a very goal oriented. I tend to say I tend to publicize my goals. So I put in the uh, normally in Facebook or 
uh, I say to people, uh, I put them publicly, and then um, then I just go and work after, and, and they just document everything. And, you know, before we came on, on air, you said that your mindset is very strong. And I think it has to be to work that many hours and to get a chef and a cleaner. So, like... How have you strengthened your mindset? Have you read certain books, listened to certain things, or? Yeah, I do read a lot. So I read around. Uh, I used to read more. I used to read uh, around a book a day. Now I'm read around to a hundred books a year. Um, yeah, so I do read a lot. Uh, when I train, I listen to podcasts, um, and I do what I call morning routines. So where I prime my brain before I start the day. Uh, we live in a very kind of negative world where we are bombarded with news and so we need to protect our minds so i do my morning routine which helps a lot i do some meditation do affirmation i do visualization i i prime my brain first and then i start the day i plan my day uh the day before uh so when i hit my desk i just know what i have to do um i have a timer uh, where I time like this is what I have to do this is what I have to do so it kind of rings all the time um, and uh, yeah and then you know at the, so for example I work and then I go to the gym after the gym I at night I just read I read I, 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 I read and uh, um, I do courses as well so I really believe in person development wow I mean to read that many books to sleep a lot and also to work that many hours is just i'm surprised i've even got you on a podcast man like bloody hell you are a busy man but i think what's important for people to hear is that like it it can take this level of commitment to yourself to your business in order to achieve the results you have which people don't necessarily want to hear uh, but it's important that we talk about it because it's what goes on behind the scenes and it's what you know some property courses won't tell you but Volta is telling you right now really if you want the same results as him then you have to sort of you know potentially depending on who you are sort of compete at the same level which sounds like a lot of hard work but you get the rewards for it right so yeah everyone is different if they some people okay so I'm a bit intense yeah I, I, I would say because I um, hmm, I believe in I believe in working hard for what you and people really underestimate what it takes to be successful. Of course, you know if you if you don't want to do that fast, uh, you can do it slowly. Uh, but I, I I just wanted to in my goals I wanted to see I, I'm not I'm not competing with anyone. I'm just doing I wanted to be the best version of myself. So for example. I study English, you know, I, you know, this is my fourth year, so I'm, I'm learning English still. And, uh, and every time, you know, I see, I see my English improving. So I, I like improving. I, I like improvement. And, uh, so, you know, you need to find what is, is important to you. And, uh, because, I, you know, I, I'm young, so I don't have family. So, uh, but, you know, if you have family, so you might not be able to do all that. If I would have a wife, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would be in trouble to work that many hours. So, uh, yeah, so it depends it depends where you are at the moment in life. So if you see, I start studying a lot of athletes, and these guys are very determined and very disciplined in the in beginning of the career, particularly the ones that are very successful, like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, all these guys, they are very, very disciplined. So, yeah, so that's where um, I try to do a bit of that in, in business as well. Hmm. I love that. Um, if you had to give three tips to people who are new in property, like literally they've read a few books, maybe they've been on some free courses, but they're like, oh, my God, what do I do? I'm so new, everything's so scary. What would those tips be? Number one, educate yourself. Property, uh, I know people say, yeah, you can find deal, no money, down deals, all that promises and stuff. Uh, educate yourself because you can lose money in property. And, and, and property, you can lose big money. <clears throat> so I would say educate yourself, number one. Number two, I would say uh, stick to one strategy until you become very good. Don't jump, oh my God, I'm going to do. I see people go from rent to rent to commercial. 
uh, or to land or to development. I just don't know how they do that, to be honest. They they are asking for 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 trouble. I'm not saying you can't do that, but uh, uh, I'm I'm now doing HMOs until I have a proven concept which I have, and then I go to commercial. And then the, I think I would say like stick with one thing until you master. And then number three, um, basically work backwards. See what you want to achieve in life, like what is your goal, and then work backwards. So then you will will help you to decide your strategy, if you know what I mean. Um, because I see a lot of people, what strategy I should use. So let's say you want to replace your income, your income is 3K, even if you don't like uh, HMOs, what you can do, you can have someone to do H, um, manage the HMOs for you. Uh, so see, see what you want, see the way your values and goals. And um, because, for example, some people don't like tenants, so they do single lets. But how many single lets you have to have to replace your income? So these are the three tips I would say. So number one. Um, stick to um, learn as much as you can. Number two, stick to one strategy. Number three, work your goal backwards, if I, if, if it makes sense. I love it. Um, Walter, if you could have a billboard anywhere, big, big billboard where everyone could see it and you could write anything on it, what would you write on it? Ah, what I would write if I have... Uh, um, um, I believe that, uh, you know, the legacy when I'm off, you know, when I'm done here in this earth, uh, I believe that, uh, you know, whatever is your background, you can change your life. That is, is, is something that uh, my background, I, I came from a very poor background. And uh, it, I believe if I, if I can do it, anyone can. That's what I would write that. If I can do it, anyone can do it. I love that, mate. It's inspiring. And you have inspired me to read more books. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'll get a chef because I love cooking, but um, a cleaner sounds good. Uh, so, Volta, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If people want to talk to you and, and chat to you, um, if you have any spare minutes in your intense day, um, <laughs> what's the best way for them to get hold of you? So they can go to my Facebook. Uh, I put a bit my Facebook publicly because uh, I have start getting too many uh, invitations. So, but they can uh, check me on Volta um, Volta Pontes. So V A L T E R and P O N T E S. Um, and also they can um, um, actually actually let me get my. They can contact me at support. Uh, support at walterpontesconsulting.com If you like this podcast, connect with Tej on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.